So welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boy Loss Show. Today I am talking to Brenda and we will get to it right after this. An important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. So Brenda, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I've listened. Uh, my daughter has listened. My 16-year-old daughter loves your accent and oh. she wants to move to <laughs> Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's so funny. You know, um, every time uh, someone goes, oh, you've got an accent. And I'm like, wow, I, I thought everyone else just <laughs> from America had an accent. But it's just, I, you know, I guess it just comes from Well, she, she just nice, loves you know. it. She heard your, She hears your podcast when we're in the car together. And um, she's like, you're going to have a podcast with with him, with the accent? Oh, I said, yes, the accent, man. <laughs> That's so, she, so awesome. Yeah, we're, we, we like listening to your podcast. It's great. You've had some wonderful um, interviews. I really enjoyed listening to um, Tasha from um, Ketogasm oh, yeah, and even yeah. um, Sarah Nelson with the tree nut allergy because I yeah. also have um, my youngest son has tree nut allergies as well. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. So for anyone who doesn't know who Brenda is, Brenda is from the website Sugar Free Mum and you have uh, a couple of cookbooks. No, you've got one cookbook out and you're about to release another. Is that Yes. Yes. Yeah, super exciting. It's, oh, um, cool. yeah, to be released in September. Yes. Awesome. So if you're listening to this podcast, keep your ears and eyes peeled for yeah. that. Uh, but, you know, to start the podcast, what I do like to do is share something that maybe people don't know about you. Um, and you were saying that you uh, you were a teacher for nine years, 10 years, is that correct? I, I was, yes. I was a teacher in the classroom for nine years in special education, and then I tutored um, to be home with my children while they were young, I, I tutored part-time for 10 years. So it was a total of 19 years. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was, it was definitely a, a challenging job. And mm. um, I don't regret it. I enjoyed every minute of it. But it was definitely a draining um, position. I had a lot of behavioral um, children and um, one, one child just, you know, kicking and biting and, and uh purposefully vomiting i said that's it i'm done (laughs) yeah and now you just deal with all of that on the internet now right now that you're blogging all of that stuff just happens on the internet i know sadly 
Well, yeah. it, it, it plays a, a good role uh, in the transition to being able to teach online because, you know, a lot of mm. recipes and a lot of uh, blog posts and those types of things, you are really answering questions and you're answering someone's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. questions with their typing into Google or whatever. And so, yeah, mm, uh, right. so, yeah that, is a, that is a great transition. But, you know, um, could you tell us a little bit more about you, how you started, um, what is the sugar-free mum and, and uh, you know, all of those encompassing things. Sure. Thank you. Um, I uh, had my daughter in 2003. And um, at that time, I was struggling to lose about 20 pounds. And so um, in 2004, uh, a friend was doing a program um, called PRISM, and it excluded all white flour, white potatoes, white rice, white sugar, anything refined, and went to um, honey, maple syrup, um, sweet potatoes, things like that. So more of a paleo, I would say, approach. Mm. And so I did it. I tried it, and I lost the weight, and I felt really great. And then um, I I noticed that I, I was enjoying making recipes because every sugar-free recipe that I found um, was really on the internet was was ste- uh, uh, um, sweet, um, sorry, the artificial Splenda. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, Splenda. Yeah. And I started <laughs> using um, and finding things like that. And I realized after a couple of years that, boy, that's just as addictive for me as sugar mm. was. And um, I, that's when I started to look into some other natural uh, things. Now, I would make the... Um, recipes with honey and maple syrup for my children and then when I would eat them I I started noticing boy I'm still craving I'm still having cravings so that's when I chose to go with stevia I felt like that was the best bet for me and I started creating recipes and um so I started doing that for a couple of years, and, and then I had friends that were asking me for this recipe and that recipe and emailing and texting, and my youngest brother one day just said, Brenda, why don't you start a blog? And I said, oh, please, why? Why would I ever do that? I didn't read blogs. I didn't. It's not a hobby. I don't have time for that. And he said, well, you know, people might like your recipes because you are doing sugar-free, and it's a nice, and, you know, people might need those recipes, and you could actually have ads, and you could actually you know, make an income. And I said, well, okay, I'll try it and see if anybody likes my stuff. And I started in 2011. And um, yeah, it grew authentically and easily. Um, Mm. Facebook and Pinterest. And I didn't try, you know, I just put out horrific pictures, (laughs) horrific (laughs) pictures, you know, really bad. Um, But that's how I learned, you know, every day Mm. practicing, practicing. And, you know, even some of those really old pictures um i still had good i i was using a point and shoot camera back then and but really some of them were went viral on pinterest i have a balsamic um crock pot chicken thigh that went viral and it was the crappiest of photos but people you know liked it so i was grateful for the uh i was grateful that people wanted to 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 um come to my site to to get these recipes um in the meantime i did have a third child and um before the blog was started so i did um throw everything i learned out the window when i got pregnant the third time (laughs) and i said well i can do it i can lose the weight i know how to get rid of sugar i'm fine and so i did that it took me a year to break um the bondage and that addiction i felt so Mm. um controlled by the sugar and so at that point i just said oh please god if i can if i can just get back on track and um 
um, really just remove it from my life and find a way. Cause like who can never have chocolate cake again on their birthday? I mean, that's right. not a life, right? Mm, you know, exactly. like, I mean, you gotta be realistic here. I, I want chocolate again, you know? And so I figured I just got to make it myself and I've got to, I've got to do it my way rather than with the artificial, uh, sweeteners that were definitely, um, seemed to be an issue for me with addiction as well. So that's, so that's what happened. And then after a couple of years with the blog, I, uh, I realized I think gluten was an issue. So I probably went gluten-free in about 2013. So like the first two years of the blog, the recipes weren't necessarily low-carb. Some just happened to be. But at that point, it was more paleo kind of recipes. But I still did do dairy. Um, Then I went gluten-free. And then eventually I realized... um, I'm gaining weight. <laughs> Why am I gaining weight? Well, I was 42 at the time. So I said, oh, well, maybe it's my age now. So maybe I got to do something different because what worked previously isn't working again. You know, mm-hmm. counting calories and low fats not working. Mm-hmm. So that's when I went to, to really low lower carb, um, 2014. To, and, and then the weight really was still creeping up and that could be and I don't know if you've experienced this as a blogger but I'm also constantly testing recipes and tasting recipes and and eating those recipes so I I guess with with the age of being over 40 maybe for me and as a woman I just really had a hard time maintaining my my weight mm-hmm. um, being in this job that we're in you know it's just it's inevitable um, and I try to give it away but I also enjoy eating <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, instead, no, I'll show you. you know, I like food. I like some of foodie, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, that's um, so that was uh, 2014. So by 2015, though, something had started occurring, and I um, I started losing hair in the back of my head, the base of mm. my neck, um, a big bald spot, and then my eyebrow hair started falling out. And mm. I had gained about 10 pounds, and I'm short. I'm only five two, so it's a lot of weight. Even though 10 pounds, it doesn't sound like a lot to someone else, but someone who's short it it really affects you and Mm. I went to the doctor and he said exercise more Brenda eat less and I said but you don't understand I'm very diligent and Mm. I'm and I was tracking you know I was trying to be very diligent but I said all right let me just go to keto so that was a very loose approach in 2015 because the majority of my recipes were already keto anyway Um, but I was fighting (laughs) against it I didn't want to lower those carbs anymore because I liked my veggies. So I thought I couldn't do it. But I said, well, I've gained weight. My hair's coming out. Let me just um, start keto. And I did the loose approach where I didn't test. I didn't track. I just ate copious amounts of fat. And I loved (laughs) it because I had deprived my body for so long Mm. of fat. And honestly, I didn't lose weight that year, but my hair grew back. And I didn't have that bald spot. And um, the doctor refused to test me with anything. And I just assumed he was right. I'm probably just not being strict enough. But my hair grew back. So something was wrong. And I didn't know it at the time. And then um, in 2017, after this two years of like really a loose approach, not really losing weight on keto, I said, let me go strict keto because um, I've really got to see if there's something wrong or will the strict keto really really work for me. And oh, before that, I got a trainer because I said, well, I've got to lift weights. That's what it is. I need to lift weights. So I got a Mm -hmm. trainer twice a week. And I love going to the trainer and getting a great full body weight training session in. Um, 
But again, you know, the body composition, nothing really changed. A few pounds here and there. And yes, body fat did come off, but really not what I was I was hoping for a really drastic um, change, but I didn't see that. So that's in 2017 in January, I decided let me go strict keto. And I actually documented it on my blog. Um, it says my uh, low carb versus keto and my six week results. And I actually put pictures. Ah, I put oh. pictures. I <laughs> did. It was so embarrassing to do. It's so scary. <laughs> and so humbling. You know, it was really horrible to do. But I did it because I wanted people to see that in six weeks, I only lost three pounds. But you can visibly see the body mm. fat loss there. Mm. And that encouraged me um, with the strict keto. No, I never got the keto flu. I didn't like drastically lower the calories. Um, but I felt good otherwise until about, um, the spring of 2018. And that's when I started having some, um, uh, hives and really, really tired, needing like Mm. four cups of coffee, driving and feeling like I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel. And that's when I went back to the doctor and I said, I don't feel good. And I'm not one to go to the doctor. I'm not a hyper, you know, contract. I I go when I'm only sick, you know, but I, he didn't believe me. He said, he's like, you think it's your thyroid. It's not your thyroid. I said, listen, I'm, I'm very diligent. I'm on keto. I'm in nutritional ketosis and I'm gaining weight and I don't feel good. And I have these hives and he's like, it's your allergies. What do you want? prednisone so that's what uh started the whole thing in 2000 in the spring and then in the summer of 2018 i just said you know i'm paying this doctor why am i doing that and he's not helping me so i transferred my records to an endocrinologist and by the fall of 2018 she discovered that i was recently um uh i recently had epstein-barr virus in my body and also my T3 um, hormone levels were really low, but they were in range. And so she kind of didn't believe that it was my thyroid with all these symptoms that I was having. I said, but you don't understand. I'm calling people I've known for years wrong names. Like mm. the brain fog was so incredibly bad. Mm. And she's like, well, I'll put you on the Synthroid that everybody goes on, the T4 medicine, and we'll see how you are. So she... So she did that, and it was a couple of weeks, I don't know, eight weeks or something, and then we realized, I'm allergic to gluten. There's gluten in there. I'm allergic to, uh, to uh, corn. There's corn in that filler. So yeah. finally, after, you know, I got off of it, and I um, I said, um, this isn't working. Can we try something else? So we tried tyrosine, which was a natural um, hormone mm. um, with only four ingredients, and it did nothing. It did nothing to help me. Uh, I didn't feel any better at all. And so I read the book, um, The Paleothyroid Solution by L. Russ. And that just opened the door for me. I realized I have low T3 and this doctor is giving me T4. But what if I can't really convert any T4 after all these months to T3? And that's your active hormone. That's what you need. It's critical for life, you know, Mm. fat burning and brain function and body temperature and you know, blood pressure and your metabolism, you know? So wow. all these things I'm dealing with, you've got to let, give me a little, and I begged and pleaded with her to give me a little, the smallest dose she was comfortable with. Um, and that was just six weeks ago. So Aaron, this has taken a whole couple years, you know, in the process. Right. But six weeks ago, she 
gave me a compounded medication with T3 and T4 in it. And I feel like a new woman. I've uh, lost eight pounds easily. I don't have the brain fog. Um, my body temperature is normal. I'm not freezing. Um, I, 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 the hives I still have, so I am seeing a functional doctor for that. Mm. But I just feel like now my message is really sharing with others. And I shared a post on Instagram because I, I feel like, you know, just because you're in range doesn't mean you're optimal. And mm. that's the problem that most doctors just test the TSH and mine was normal. And so, and even the T3 was very, very bottom of the range, but normal. And so now I'm on the mission to share what happened to me so that others can um, ask for these testing, you know, because we're, you know, we're paying these doctors, they should be helping us not saying, sorry, that's not what it is, you know. Yeah, right. Oh, that's so, a that's a wonderful story that you've, <laughs> that you've got all I the way from <clears throat> all the way from I your start to now. And um, for, for anyone who is uh, interested in digging into the um, to the absolute or, you know, a lot of the science behind this, then there's an episode, I believe it's episode 35 with my mum. Oh, talks, really? Yeah, she talks about um, her journey with thyroid and she's uh, oh, on, wow. a, on a journey, with Hashimoto's to recovery. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, so she's she's doing a lot of the same sort of tests at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, th- I believe she was taking Synthyroid for a little while and then, she, mm-hmm. you know, she's experimenting with um, salicylates and uh, lectins mm-hmm. and all these different types of things but oh excellent uh, yeah but so you know um throughout that process and it's really interesting to talk about thyroid because on the ketogenic diet i find um and uh, i went to a conference the low carb down under conference with stephen finney uh dr stephen mm-hmm. finney yeah uh, and a few other people but he was talking about how on a ketogenic diet generally people's t3 will go down but their um that their sensitivity to it will mm. go up uh, mm-hmm. Now I don't I don't understand it completely, but was um, the compound that you're taking now, and you know all of this isn't medical advice. You definitely should go mm, and talk to your right. doctor about all of this. But right. the compound that you're taking now, how has that affected? Um, ha- have you had any tests? done since then on your teeth or is it more just the feeling that you're getting from that no she did test me again so after six weeks uh so maybe it's been about eight weeks but after six weeks she tested my blood again so my original number was uh 2.1 and the and it was below range uh for the t3 it was 2.2 to 4.2 um, oh, wow. So that's why she was a lot, you know, she gave me a little bit of the T3 and the, uh, with the T4. And then uh, when we tested again, uh, my uh, T3 levels went up to 3.8. So now she was concerned that I'm going to go hyperthyroid. She right. says, are you having heart palpitations? I said, no. And I have caffeine. <laughs> I have two cups a day. And she said, are you, are you sleeping at night? I said, yes. I said, I'm feeling fantastic. You know, so I guess the concern is that, you know, some people, um, a lower level of T3 is not is 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 fine for them. But then there are some like me that need a higher level of T3 to feel good. And I feel fantastic now. And I don't ever want to go back to that feeling um, before because I've been um, you know before I think the Epstein Barr hit me. I I I in January and I had lost the body fat percentage. I felt fantastic. I had mental clarity. I felt really good back in 2017. And then in that spring, you know, I start or that summer, I started feeling bad. And I was mm. on keto and I was mm. in nutritional ketosis. So I knew something was wrong because I had already felt fantastic prior 
you know. Right. So I think it was the, Epst- the, the Epstein-Barr that uh, started the thyroid decline. Mm. But like you said, there are some people that, you know, do function very well with a low T3 number. I mm. guess you really have to go by your symptoms and then and then go from there with the doctor. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so for, for the people who uh, have spoken to their doctor or at least um, know a little bit about the thyroid, uh, what are some of the natural remedies for preventing thyroid um, deterioration? Because I know that sometimes or in some beliefs that uh, caffeine can sometimes be a problem for people with thyroid uh, problems. Um, and also, I, I've heard, yes. And, and, then, and then sometimes iodine can be a, a, a really great help for people with thyroid problems. Now, I'm not right. too sure about the individuality about this, but my mum's got me taking thyroid because I've had thyroid issues in the past. Oh, yeah. Where oh, wow. Anti- okay. antibodies were higher than normal. Oh, okay. Um, and I was a starving okay. musician at the time, so that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, <clears throat> um, I think as far as the um, caffeine, I was doing uh, decaf because I've heard the adrenals are affected. But I started working with Dr. Will Cole, who's a functional doctor in Pennsylvania. And a lot of the decaffeinated coffee, unfortunately, uh, to to make it decaffeinated, um, it goes through a lot of processes and it's not uh you can't really get it organic and Mm. so they asked me to switch to you know caffeine and they didn't feel like it was a problem um but they'd rather me have organic caffeine coffee than do the decaf and so that's what i switched to but then there's probably people that you know it will affect their adrenals but um at this time, I am not willing to give up the coffee. <laughs> Look, me <laughs> neither, so that's lover. fine. <laughs> I love coffee. And as yeah. far as the iodine, I just recently had all my blood work done with the functional doctor, and um, my iodine is, is fine. So that's I don't good. I don't okay. know. I don't think I would pre- personally supplement unless the doctor uh, – I, I was under supervision of a doctor as far as iodine because that can be dangerous. Definitely, yes, yeah. and um, and especially if you're taking higher doses of iodine, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that can be yes. very dangerous, um, and right. oftentimes re- reverse all the good that you've done. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, I okay, so thyroid, um, you know, maybe we should do another podcast and sort of check out on this, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in another couple of months' time because I'm really interested about that. Um, but uh, let's talk about the blog for a little bit. So okay, um, the you know, all of your food photos and, and everything on the blog looks fantastic. And I Thank know you that so much. <laughs> when I started, I was taking photos on my iPhone and just and felt yeah. just as embarrassed to share those photos. And, and yeah. I think that uh, there's a lot of people out there who love starting an Instagram. Like I feel like Instagram's the, the new blogging um, yes. in, a, in a certain way. Just you, you can't really make money out of Instagram. <laughs> but, right. Um, but, you know, how was it that you learned how to improve along the way and sort of um, make sure that you were, make sure that you were were improving and uh, really listening to the people who came to your website because it's it's really uh, it's really hard to sit there with you know one person coming to your website a week mm. and go mm-hmm. I'm going to take more photos and do more recipes you know right, <laughs> how, right. How, what was that progression for you how did you um you know stick with it and eventually get to where you are now I think that I um. I really just, for the blog, I just make recipes that my family and I want to eat. And I've it's never been about SEO or <laughs> um, what's popular or, you know, 
Um, it's never been about that for me. It's always really, I'm a mom and I'm trying to um, make recipes that m the whole family will eat so mm -hmm. that I'm not, um, I'm not eating this way by myself. So, so basically I have a bacon cheeseburger cauliflower casserole. I never yeah. told my kids <laughs> the cauliflower was in there and I hid it and I hid the, you know, the steamed cauliflower. So nobody would see it. They weren't around when I made it and nobody knew. So like I, like to do recipes like that because you know my kids aren't keto i mean they're they're in their teens now and they eat whatever i make mm. but of course they're they're teens and they're and you know i'm not strict i'm not the you know the keto nazi i'm just not that way and for a long time my husband was not on board mm. um he would eat everything i made for dinner but outside of the house it was whatever he wanted but dinner i had dinner and that's where i started and then i started making sure that snacks in the cupboard were my snacks. So as far as taking photos, I feel like I just like drool worthy pictures. I like up close and personal. I like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how I do it. And I really learned on my, after I got rid of the point and shoot camera, I learned on a Nikon, um, oh gosh, 2,500 maybe. Yeah. And I did not do the manual for a long time. I used the aperture setting, but I really felt like that really helped me get those nice close shots. Mm. And um, I think people want to see what's inside. You know, all these, I'm not really great with all the setups of the distance and artistic shots and I just I'm about the food and I really think that if you're starting out you know just keep it keep it simple you know and just and now I've upgraded to a nice um a Nikon D uh 750 so it's oh, yeah. so it's beautiful I mean it's yeah. beautiful so there's no shake and it's really really great so working every day to just take better and better photos and just really trying to showcase some great recipes you know yeah, that's that's really awesome. And and an analogy I think of all the time where um, for for people who want to get started in blogging and they instantly go out and buy the you know Nikon D750 and they right. they take all these photos with it. it. It's sort of like getting your learner's license and jumping into a Porsche. <laughs> you don't yes. really you don't really appreciate <laughs> yes. all of the things that go into it it's unless true. you've you know you know sat in that really old really old car that's rattled all the way to to you know yes, work or something i so, agree <laughs> yeah yeah so it's really cool to to hear that um and yeah i i totally agree i think people also want to see food i think there's a there's a big push in food photography at the moment where to you know you need to create the environment and you need to create all these things and and uh and for most people it's you know I don't yeah. know. <laughs> do you mostly shoot I, with a macro lens or is that uh, to get up and close with, with that food or is it? I did. Just, I did. Yeah. I, I sometimes switch to my, um, my 60 millimeter macro. I do. I do like that shot as, you know, those pictures as well. But I think I'm just leaning more towards a minimal minimalist kind of um, picture mm. where it's just basic and simple and it's about the food only. I don't know. That's my, that's, that's lately where I'm at. I don't need all the, <laughs> all the fancy props and, <laughs> and things, you know, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I've recently just switched to um, shooting with a flash and that's a whole oh, wow. thing in itself. So it, so oh, yeah. For, for oh. anyone out there who uh, works and and has to do food, like because my, my problem right. when I started was I was full-time working, had to make mm -hmm. food at home and, uh, you know, under the kitchen lights, it was the worst. Yeah, right, <laughs> and, right. Um, and so if you can learn how to use a flash, you can take great food photos at any time of the day. Oh, you're more advanced than I am. I haven't touched the flash. I'm afraid of it. 
um, I uh, use the light as much as I can because I just found that I, my husband did try to buy me one of those light box things and, you know, the right lights, but I just not my favorite, but more power to you if you can do that. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, it's more with the help of um, a, a lady called uh, Jody Simon, I think, uh, but uh-huh. the bite shot on on YouTube. I'll link her in the oh, description of great. the show notes as well. Okay, she's a she's a pro, and I took her course, and and now I feel mm. a little bit less like a. Oh, I think I'm going to have to go check her <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, so so running a blog, doing all these things, that is fantastic. Um, you know. What are some of the common mistakes you see when people switch to the ketogenic diet or at least switch to reducing sugar um, from their diet? And and you probably saw this with your family. You've probably seen this with friends. Are there, mm-hmm. Is there something that's uh, not necessarily holding them back but might help accelerate their, their progress or growth within the keto I, diet? Yes. I do think that the biggest mistake for me when I started was, was too much fat. And that's mm. probably, I probably needed, my body probably needed it because I was so deprived at the time of fat and that's yeah. why the hair grew back. But I do think that um, not counting, I, I believe in counting the macros because you really don't know how much you're taking in, right? Mm. So if you really have no idea of what you're taking and then you say keto doesn't work, um, well, you know, what have you done to, to, you know, you're saying, well, I'm eating this, I'm eating that. But if you really have no idea what your macros are, then um, there's no way to uh, change anything. Because I really do think leveraging the fat might be um, more of an issue for women over 40, too, because I don't think we need, uh, some of us don't need 70 to 80% fat. You know, I, I, I mean, um, so I think that's the biggest mistake is like not knowing where, how much you're actually taking in. Um, to feel satiated. And then uh, probably the other thing I would say is that um, uh, packaged keto stuff, you know, like, I I really think we should just keep it simple, you know, whole food ingredients and just things that don't have a nutrition label, you know, like, um, I had a friend that inboxed me and said, I'm really trying to go, I'm I'm committing back, you know, I'm going to try to go sugar free and keto. And, you know, do you sell any of your your baked goods. And I said, Oh, honey, I don't, I don't sell them. And I think you just got to go to, you know, protein and veggies and just keep it simple, you know? Mm. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And, um, and I'm really pleased to hear that you're uh, on the train of manipulating the fat macro as well, because a lot of people, they just stick to that 80%. And and then they get really worried about what happens if I don't eat 80% of my fat? Am I going to stop being in ketosis? And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You just need to focus on your carbs, keep your carbs low. And your protein will be the same whether you're in weight loss, whether you're in maintenance or whether you're trying to build muscle. And then you just dial the fat macro from there, right? Yes, yes, I agree. I, for a while before the, um, before the, um, I, the diagnosis with the thyroid, I was actually playing around, um, got Maria Emmerich's, um, protein sparing, um, modified fat, fast cookbook. And that helped because I really was like, this weight's not coming off. And I lost like three pounds in a week, but I was hungry because the fat was lowered. But at least I saw some changes and I realized, you know, I think it's all about the fat for me. I really don't think I I can be that. I mean, keto, there's, 
you know, there's different approaches for everyone and, and men are different from women. And mm-hmm. I think that, yes, keeping the carbs to, well, for, for a while there, I went down to 10 total carbs and then to zero. I even tried carnivore for a little bit, but I don't feel like you have to stay in one, one place. You know, yeah. I, I, I could say, okay, well, I'm doing carnivore today, but it doesn't mean I'm going to, I want to go, if I feel like having veggies tomorrow, I'm going to go back to my standard 20 total carbs tomorrow you know i just don't feel like you have to stick to one i feel like when you put it out there on i on ig it's like as soon as you you hit a hashtag of carnivore you know and then and you show something with vegetables you're doomed you know right oh goodness yeah Yeah. there's there's uh, yeah i feel like there's a lot of pressure um to to stick to one lane (laughs) within the keto space you know you're either keto you're stricted or lazy keto or whatever that is and it's like oh my gosh everyone just calm down we're all all doing the same thing like we're all all watching the carbs carbs. you know yeah watching the carbs and you know and playing around with the different um levels of fat and Mm. and keeping the keeping the carbs to 20 or less, you know, mm. some days. I kind of try to be more intuitive these days. Like if I, if the, the zucchini is looking good, I'm going to get some, you know. Yeah, and, and if I feel like having a little bit more protein, because I worked out with the trainer today. So like I had eight ounces of salmon. It was fantastic. I didn't need anything else, you know. Mm. I'm not afraid to, to, to think outside the box. And I'm not afraid to um, have more protein. I feel more satiated actually with protein, mm. actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I uh, yeah, I agree with absolutely everything you're saying, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, and and so uh, we could talk about this for ages, but I, I do at the end of the podcast, I do like t- digging into a few quick questions. Um, sure. And so sometimes they're not quick. We can go into that. <laughs> but <laughs> the first one is, um, w- what keto food can you uh, not live without? Or maybe is there a particular food, whether that's keto or not? Um, that you just eat every day or that you just absolutely love? Oh, my goodness. Can it be a condiment? It sure <laughs> I can. Love, I, I love avocado oil mayo, mayo oh, from right. Primal Kitchen. Oh, yeah, my yeah. gosh. I, I just like that with everything. My burger, my ground beef, my, you know, make dressings with it. I just love it. I, I pork rinds dipped in it. I, oh, <laughs> I like my mayo. Yeah, uh, it's so good because we uh, we can't really find that in Australia. Like mayonnaise oh. sold at the grocery stores generally isn't um, bad. Yeah. Y- yeah, it's generally made with soybean oil or you know, oh, canola oil. oil. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. Bad. So, so um, I, I, that is one product I would love to be commercially available here in Australia. Oh, is avocado yes. oil mayonnaise. So mm-hmm. if anyone's listening to this podcast yeah. and, you're, and you're thinking about doing it, do it. <laughs> yes, please, right? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, what, is there a food that you dislike that other people might like? Oh, I feel bad to say it, but asparagus, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I hate asparagus. I don't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just no way about it. My husband loves it. I make it for him. I do not like it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I think, um, you know, it. For some people, it also gives that smell when you go to the toilet. Oh, well. yes. It's, Gross. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we won't talk about that. Let's just keep it, yeah. p- keep it PG in this podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, what, uh, so y- you did mention that you have been uh, uh, doing some lifting exercises or, you know, going to the gym. What, what is uh, an exercise that you find particularly helpful for you? Well, I think that for me, I used to have back spasms um, and I used to do a lot of cardio running and um, 
running, walking. I still like to walk, but I can't run anymore. So the doctor said, this was years ago, probably when my first child was born and now he's 19. Um, I, he said, you can do all the cardio you want. If you don't develop your core, you are going to continue to have back spasms where you just right. go and tie your shoe and you're out laid up for a couple of days, you know? Yeah. And I, and I was young, I was only 29 at the time. So I said, Oh my gosh, I've got to do something. So I did start lifting weights, um, without a trainer at the time. So it's always been on and off for me because I, I find I'm not as motivated unless I have some kind of accountability, mm-hmm. you know, someone to meet. And so the trainer works, um, our core. So we're working on planks and we're doing, you know, full body workouts. So I feel, like my core is so strengthened i haven't had any back spasms in oh my gosh 10 years or something it's been great that is fantastic yeah i so i'm six foot five <laughs> um, oh wow and, and, and oh, wow. I, I struggle with back problems a lot um and so when i started doing core exercises at the gym um i was i i i was able to lift like 50 percent more weight than i had previously because of oh, wow. I just had a weak core. Um, yes, so, yeah, it's yes. really interesting to, to, to hear that other people that have that missing link too. <laughs> right, um, yes. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so running is definitely not for everyone. I, I can agree. And, I, and, I, and I've done a keto marathon and, and trust me, it wasn't, oh, wow. it wasn't Amazing. that much fun. <laughs> um, I, I do not have a marathon on my bucket list. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's only for the, uh, for the ridiculous people, I think. <laughs> That's marathons. amazing. And I know that you're a cyclist as well, right? Yeah. So I, prior to keto, I was uh, doing a lot of cycling and a lot of um, like long endurance events. Um, Wow, and I kept yeah. getting to this point where you just, what cyclists call it, they call it bonking, which is basically yes. where your blood sugar levels go down so much that your body just stops functioning and you literally Ugh. have to get off the bike and like collect your thoughts for, <laughs> for yes. about 30 yeah. minutes. Uh, and wow. so th- that was how I got into keto because I thought, I don't want my, you know, I don't want that limitation. I want to be able right. to keep going. But since then, I've mm-hmm. sort of, uh, you know, done tour cycling and whatnot. But this That's podcast, amazing. So you... You oh. did a, a keto marathon. You were keto, like you 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 did a whole marathon, and you didn't have any carbs or anything. Yeah, no. Um, wow, it was just amazing. M- MCT oil and a little bit of almond butter oh, was my. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> well, for the for a lot of people think you know carb loading before big endurance events, um, and while that is effective, um, it's not it's not for like the weekend warriors or it's not for people who are doing it to get fit because right. there's uh you know there's elite athletes out there trying to break two hour marathons and mm-hmm. maybe carbs are what they need but mm-hmm. <laughs> for me right <laughs> where i'm running yeah. four and a half hour marathons it's not what but I you're need. still doing it you're <laughs> yeah. still doing it that's amazing i don't i don't want to do that <laughs> yeah no, the definitely. only way i'm running is if something's chasing me <laughs> right yep <laughs> it, it actually comes up and this is a uh, this is the next question is there any exercises that you uh don't like or you've found to be unhelpful for you um not I just just ones i don't like i had to do them this morning the um bulgarian split squats oh. and they're <laughs> horrible they're horrible but <laughs> Um, you know, they work, they, they work where they're supposed to work and, and my body's transforming. So I feel like I have to do them even though I hate them so much and burpees. I hate burpees. Oh yeah. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a big, not, not a big fan of burpees either. Um, uh, I saw, I saw a t-shirt Aaron that said, uh, I was, it was a guy that had the shirt on and it said, um, I hate burpees and the front. And then he turns around and you see the back and he said, and burpees hate you too. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was cute. <laughs> I love those shirts. Uh, I, I, yeah, was I, great. yeah. Um, and so, is there a book or podcast that has recently inspired you? Yes, I actually I love my podcast. I listen to everything while I'm I'm cooking in the kitchen or mm. driving in the car. Um, I um, I love uh, to listen to Nash- Naturally um, Nourished by Ali- with Ali Miller. Mm. Um, I really like uh, oh I love Fast Keto with Vanessa. Oh, yeah. um, I I actually started my first podcast was listening to Jimmy Moore yep. Live in La Vida, and then I, he also did one with Will Cole. They're kind of taking a break. It was called Keto Talk. They're taking a break for now, but I like Sean Minar the. Um, Keto for Women show, um, oh, yeah. of course, Leanne, Leanne Vogel, um, yeah, um, and what's the other, oh, I'm starting to listen to more, like, online marketing ones, like Amy Porterfield and oh, yeah. Jenna Kutcher's um, Gold Digger, yep. um, and I'm also starting to listen to a few carnivore ones, Will to Win oh, yeah. is Will um, Schufelt, so I'm just curious, you know, so I started listening to those podcasts. And, um, and uh, Zach Bitter and... Oh, what's his name? Um, oh no, <laughs> the, the the performance the 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 performance show the physical performance oh, yeah. show. Uh, it's with uh-huh. Zach Bitter and the other guy. I can't remember his name. He is a <laughs> massive carnivore. Anyway, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll put the I'll put the link to that episode okay. in the show notes. I just can't think of it okay. right now. But I think yeah. that, that's a podcast you might. I'm glad like. that's I'm not the only one that can't think of things. Yeah, like yeah. That. <laughs> on the spot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay. Uh, so I was a music- musician for a long time, um, and so I really like hearing what people uh, listen to, and and you know, I listen to podcasts while I cook as well. But occasionally yeah. I switch over to music. Is, is there any musicians that you? just love to listen to or any particular playlist that you're into? Well, I'm an 80s girl, so oh, yeah. <laughs> I will blast my Madonna and Prince and Cyndi Lauper and yeah. Pat Benatar when my kids aren't around because they just laugh at me. And But, you know, when my daughter's around, of course, I like the pop stuff that she listens to, Ed Sheeran and Sam Smith and Adele. So I like the newer stuff too, but um, I'm still an 80s girl and I like to... <laughs> That's awesome. I like that stuff. I, the oldies, they're called now. <laughs> right. So. It's so weird to think about that, you know, because it wasn't really that long ago, but then you go, oh, I know. Wow, it was long ago. Damn. <laughs> it really was. It really yeah. was. Uh, um, oh, that's fantastic. And uh, and so to, to, to wrap up the podcast, for anyone who's looking to achieve similar results to you uh, where you've been able to, you know, uh, dive in and sort of, um, mend or patch the things that you needed to along the way. What do you think is the most important aspect of the lead domino to achieving those same results? So it may be if someone's starting from the bottom and they go, where do I start? What would be mm. the first thing that someone could do today or tomorrow that would push them in the right direction? I really do think that um, using a macro calculator to figure out you know, where to start if, if someone doesn't know rather than like, you know, I'm going to eat all the butter, <laughs> right. um, you know, just really starting out with, uh, with, with a, um, a percentage. So you have an idea, but then after a couple months, if it's not working and it's working for your friend who's doing the same exact thing, you have to be willing to change your approach. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you have to be, you, you, you just, you might not be able to keto like someone else mm-hmm. and just, that's your body. And I think being willing to, um, adjust the fat and not be afraid to reduce if you have to, or even switch from net carbs to total carbs might be a huge difference 
um, to actually seeing progress. I see so many, and I hear so many women, uh, especially in my audience, and comments that, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm not seeing any results. Well, maybe you need to remove the dairy because it's a big inflammatory mm -hmm. response in the body. Maybe you got to cut out the nuts because for me, um, the nuts, you know, that little couple ounces isn't enough and I constantly wanted to eat more. So I'd, I think there, there are definitely some ways to adjust um, for, for a particular, you know, person, but they've got to start somewhere with, you know, if they had, especially if they have no idea, you know, they've got to start somewhere. So a macro calculator and then adjusting from there, but not waiting, you know, six months or a year doing the same thing over and over again, you know, you've got to be willing to change, change it up. Yeah, I really like that, and um, and also I would uh, suggest for people to 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 wait, you know, maybe just a couple of weeks and try it out to see if it if it's working. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I get a lot of questions saying I've been doing keto for three days and I haven't lost any weight. Oh, geez, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, that's a little too soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least at least four to six weeks. Like I did my, you know, when I when I put that on the on the uh, blog, uh, the six week um, experiment. Mm. Um, strict keto and I only lost three pounds yeah. but I did lose body fat so I think you've got to give it at least four to six weeks before you say this isn't working yeah, yeah. definitely yeah that's great advice um, and so Brenda you know I, I've, I've really enjoyed this podcast it's been great and I'm sure that Thank we could you. have spoken for uh, hours on each of those <laughs> individual topics but if people want to get in contact with you where can they find you where can they go and say hi where can they dm you you know mm -hmm. all of those things what what are your social links um, what's your website uh, and then maybe yeah. where can people find you Okay. I am sugarfreemom.com pretty much on every um, platform on um, Pinterest, on Facebook, on um, Instagram. Um, I, I am pretty, um, pretty much on Facebook and Instagram daily. So yeah, people can contact me there. Um, I have my um, cookbook coming out in September. Um, it's going to be called Naturally Keto. Oh, so cool. I'm super excited about that. And, um, yeah, I'll get you the link when, um, when that comes up and, um, yeah, I would love, I love to, um, help. So, uh, yeah, you know, people can email me at Brenda at sugarfreemom.com or contact me on Facebook or Instagram. That's mostly where I am. That's fantastic. And so for anyone who, you know, has been looking for the links, they will all be in the show notes and come September, the link to Naturally Keto will also be in the show notes. So if you're listening to this podcast in that time, then definitely go ahead, switch over, find the notes in your podcast <laughs> app, wherever that is, it's different for everyone, um, and uh, yeah. go ahead and check that out. So I just want to say a big thank you from all of the listeners and from me uh, for coming on the podcast, taking the time out and, and just sharing your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Oh, Aaron, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me. I had a great time and I would love to chat again sometime. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.